aren't you glad to know that you are plugged in and a part of something that is more than just attending a service on a Sunday morning or Sunday night or a Tuesday night, but there is absolute eternal purpose that what we are a part of today, God had it in mind when he called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees and he was establishing covenant with his people knowing that there would come a day where his people would reject him where his people would turn from him and there would be a time that we live in right now called the times of the Gentiles where God is pouring out his spirit and moving and reaching for the Gentiles of the world and we are grafted in and have become a part of Abraham's seed. That before I'm an American, I'm a part of something so much bigger than that. I love America and I thank God for it, but I, 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 I am a part of Abraham's seed before I am loyal to any nation. I am a part of, of, a, of a heavenly place. I am a stranger in this land, just as Abraham was a stranger in the land that he sojourned. We are strangers in this land, looking for another land that we've never even been to, but have caught a glimpse of something beyond this world. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is beckoning and pulling and, and reaching for somebody, giving, wanting to give them an opportunity to be a part of something that's absolutely eternal, not something that's temporal, not something that will satisfy me in the moment, but he wants to adopt you and bring you in and graft you into the plan of God when at one time it was only for the children of Israel. But now... During the times of the Gentiles, God has turned his eyes towards you and I when there was a time where his eyes were not turned towards the Gentiles. And we are coming to a time where that, where that time is coming to a close. And God will turn his attention back to the Jewish people. And as we, as we, as we get later and, and as time goes on and we get closer to the rapture of the church, the time is coming where his eyes are going to be turned one more time back to the Jewish people, the people that rejected him, the people that called for his crucifixion, ultimately rejected him as Messiah. But we are here today because God opened the door and said, you can be a part of this. We were not a part of God's natural chosen people, but because of his goodness, we stand here today as Gentile people grafted in to the plan of God. Oh, what a good God he is. Why don't we lift our hands and thank him for grafting us in and for giving me an opportunity and giving me a chance. Lord, I didn't deserve it according to my own merit according to my own deeds, but God, you have given me an opportunity. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you. Why don't we clap our hands to him and thank him this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 32. I'm the only thing standing between me and two enchiladas and some rice and beans. So I'm going to deliver what I feel in the Holy Ghost and go get some chips and salsa. But God's going to talk to us today. What'd you say? God's going to talk to us today. Praise God. God's going to feed our soul, feed our spirit. If you're here today, you've never been baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You can enter into covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, like it says in Colossians. In the waters of baptism in Jesus' name, if you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, 
you can receive the greatest gift ever given to mankind today. You don't have to wait another day. You don't have to wait till next week or set it on the calendar. God can, you can have an experience with Jesus Christ today and he can change your life a day that you will never forget for the rest of your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When someone receives the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, when someone is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, they never forget it for the rest of their life. It could be 30, 40, 50 years, but it will be an event that you will never, ever forget. That's how powerful the Holy Ghost is. Doesn't matter whatever you do with it after that, it will be a day that you never forget. God wants to bring you into the body of Christ this morning. It's not joining the church, it's being a part of the kingdom. Praise God. Genesis 32, beginning with verse number 24. And Jacob was left alone. Everybody say alone. There wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. When he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. The hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Son, that's enough. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. He said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him, and he said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name, and he blessed him there. He blessed him there. Praise God. I want to preach this morning from this title for a few moments today. The trauma of transition. The trauma of transition. Praise God. Feel the Holy Ghost here today. Why don't you close your eyes and lift up your hands for a moment. Let's lift up our voice right now and just and just entertain the Holy Ghost right now. Lord, give us ears to hear, to, to hear what you say to us today. Lord, give us hearts to receive and to respond. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our voice and just love him right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. hallelujah. He alabo sondoria kayalabo sondolo bokotoye. He kalabo soria talamahaya la rosotolo bokushatala mahaya. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He karamandolobo. Let's just entertain him right now. Saints of God, pray in the Holy Ghost. If you've got the Holy Ghost right now, let that come out of your mouth right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He kalarasso todolo bokuye. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. With what brief understanding I have of this, I, I, some of you may be able to tell me a little bit more in the room about it, but, or may not, I don't know. When a baby chicken is, has been conceived, when that egg has been fertilized, it begins the process of development. It's about 21 days until the baby chick in that egg will be fully formed and will be ready to hatch. The conditions have to be just right. The humidity has to be just right. And uh, uh, a mother hen will keep them incubated and has the ability, the God-given ability when it is protecting and incubating those eggs. A chicken has the ability to turn the egg over exactly 180 degrees precisely with her beak. 
during those 21 days. And she incubates them, and the, the temperature from her body warms them. But there's, there's, there has to be the right amount of humidity for the shell to break just right when it is time for the chick to emerge. Uh, they have mastered, obviously, in hatcheries, the ability to, to incubate eggs. And it's not just a matter of making it warm, but it's a matter of making the humidity just right because if there's not enough humidity uh, in the air around the eggs, the, the, the uh, egg will become too brittle. And when the chick goes or begins to uh, emerge from the shell, the shell will be too hard and too sharp and it will cause the baby chicken to possibly bleed to death and it can't emerge from the shell. But if the humidity is right and the elements are right, then that chicken will begin to emerge from the shell. There is a little piece that grows on the, on the end of the beak of a baby chick that is specifically designed for the emergence from the shell. Once the baby chick emerges from the shell, this protective thing that covers the beak of the chick will then fall off and disintegrate. It is only used during the emergence from the egg. And God in his brilliance designed, and so many, you can go down the list, God was was brilliant when he created the earth and all of the things that he created. And when you look at the complexity, the absolute complexity, of, of the things that he created. Uh, it is absolutely astounding and amazing to see how God put it all together and how he created it to work together. And in, in the emergence and the, the reproduction of life in such a thing as a baby chicken, the details and all of the, the complexity of, of, uh, of, of the scenario of a chicken emerging from an egg and what goes into that so it it lives and reproduces and grows is amazing but there is a in in, in that brief 24 hours of when that baby chicken has grown to uh, the 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 size of the shell that confines it at one time what protects it now has is come to a place where it is detrimental to the health of that chicken it has to emerge from the shell or it will die. And there is there's the there's the 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 element of what will happen in the in and the, the 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 traumatic event possibly when the the baby chicken has grown to the it grown to the size and filled the egg to where it can no longer grow anymore. It only has one option. It must emerge or it will die. It no longer has the ability to to eat anything because that's what makes up the egg that you and I will crack open on the skillet and, oh, yes, the the, the fatty part, the, the fatty part of that egg is what that baby chicken will eat and that will give it uh, a... the, 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 that will cause it to grow. It runs out of food at the same time that it comes to the, the perimeter of its enclosure. And it is in a, a unique predicament. It only has one option. And if the conditions are not right, that option will ultimately lead to its demise. But at the same time, it does not have the option to stay. It has no more room to grow. It has no more food to eat. It does not have the ability to live within the confines of what has protected it for 21 days. What has protected it now has got to be done away with so that it can go and live its life in the circle of life and then reproduce again. There is, there's, the, there's the temptation by uh, those at the hatchery when they see that that baby chicken is struggling to emerge. Those that have a heart for animals and don't want to see that baby chicken uh, struggle in emerging from the egg 
will face the decision. Do I open the hatchery and try to help that baby chicken emerge? The problem with that is, is when they open the hatchery, it, it lets the humidity out and therefore makes it uh, a, a, a risk for the other eggs that have not begun to hatch yet, letting the humidity out and making the environment such that it brings the other eggs at risk. So it's, it's a decision that the person has to make. However, if that person caves to their emotions and heart, seeing that baby chicken struggle, it can try, they can try their best to help remove the pieces of the egg. But it is a very, very risky thing to do. It's actually more likely that if a person tries to help a baby chicken emerge from its shell, it possibly will cause that chicken to be cut and to bleed to death and then compromising the whole reason for them trying to help him. It, because the way that God designed it, God designed it so that the strength for the next phase of life is actually gained in the emergence from their past comfort zone. I, I, I can pray for my brothers and sisters. I can pray for the people of God, and I do. But there is a certain amount of strength for emergence that every child of God has got to make up in their mind that if I'm going to be what God intended for me to be, I've got to face what is in front of me and I've got to emerge from that which has protected me but now confines me. God created these phases of life and for 21 days the shell of an egg serves a purpose to protect and incubate that which will grow beyond that but there comes a point where that egg where at one time brings protection will at the next phase of life be the death sentence if it does not emerge from that protective covering. This morning, I, I feel a word from the Lord for us today about the trauma of transition. My, I, I believe it was the last time that my grandfather preached in this pulpit. He made a very simple statement that, I, that I've never forgotten, and it is so very simple, but the Holy Ghost uh, 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 spoke this through him. That is, just because it is hard does not mean it is not God's will. Just because it is difficult does not mean that the will of God is not being done. Just because it is hard doesn't mean that the hand of God is not upon your life right now. And just as a baby chicken has to emerge from that shell into a brand new world that it knows nothing about and, and, and has not experienced before, God brings each and every person that lives for him to, to, to phases in life where it is time to move beyond the protective covering that has brought you to this point and begin to transition into a new place, into a new walk with God, into a new maturity in him where you, 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 don't, you don't have the answers for the next phase of life. All that you know is that God is leading you into a deeper place with him, into a place that you have got to decide that I will emerge from the past protective covering of whatever it is that I have lived in and I will emerge into a new place in the Lord. This traumatic uh, 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 situation that happened in the life of Jacob he had he was a very wealthy man he had produced things by his own uh, capability his own ability had caused him to be able to to uh, uh, have uh, children and to have many flocks and to be very very wealthy because of of what he was able to do of his own business acumen and and what he was able to do uh, according to his own lifestyle he did things through the flesh all of his life 
life. But he comes to the river and the Bible says he was left alone. Nobody could 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 help him through that moment at the river where he sent his his wife and his children ahead of him. And the Bible says he was left alone and he wrestled with an angel all night long. There was this there was this transition that was happening in his life that he had to get alone with God and let God do a work in his life. I'm thankful for the body of Christ. I cannot live without the body of Christ. I cannot make it without my brothers and my sisters. I'm thankful for every person that's in here today. Every person that's spoken a word from God into my life or has shaken my hand and said something encouraging to me. I'm thankful for that today. But let me tell you, on the flip side of the coin, there is that time where God has to get you alone away from everybody else and say, let's work on you all by yourself. There's that time where everybody else has got to leave and you've got to settle it with God all by yourself where nobody's watching and nobody sees you. You've got to be able to say, okay, God, I'm not satisfied with who I am. I'm going to allow you to do something in me that only you can do if I'll get alone with you. We end our and our Pentecostal tradition think that because God has given me a promise or God has called me out or has a special calling on my life or, or somebody prophesied a word over me or, or somebody had all kinds of good things to say to me and how God was going to use me and do this, we think that just because that happens that there's no hardships in the process of that happening. Let me tell you, I, I thank God for, uh, uh, for Mary in the Bible who the Bible says, the angel of the Lord came to her and said the spirit of the Lord is on you and you're going to conceive of the Holy Spirit let me tell you from the moment that Mary conceived of the Holy Spirit she was rejected by her by her neighbors she was rejected by her society she was an outcast to everybody that thought that she had had done something wrong but but God was doing something within her it was a very hard road raising Jesus and, and doing what God had called her to do. There was a transition that was happening in the world, in the spirit world, as she brought Jesus to birth and she raised him and, 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 and taught him the law and took him to the synagogue. All of that process, let me tell you, that that transition in time when Jesus came to the earth was not an easy time for her. There was trauma in that transition. There was hard in that transition but what waited on her on the other side of the trauma was joy that was unspeakable and full of glory you see Mary brought forth her firstborn son Jesus and wrapped him in swaddling clothes but there would be a day where she was in the upper room and she was born of the spirit and she was born of the water as the one that she had given birth to had given birth to her in the spirit all because she was willing to go through the trauma of transition it's hard it's difficult when God wants to do something new in your life when God wants to take you to a new place it's not always easy Jacob desired the blessing of God he had reached the end of himself he, he had anything that anybody in that day could have wanted. He was wealthy enough that he, he could possess. He had the stature according to society. He had wealth. His future was taken care of. The future of his children was taken care of. He was set. Had the trust fund. The, the, the stacked 401k was all good. But he was missing something. He was hungry for something. There's something that God had not perfected in his life yet.
And Jacob, Jacob was, was hungry for something. He was, he was not satisfied with his life. He, he was not satisfied with what life had brought him and where he was to this moment. And so he finds himself alone with God. Not trying to, not, 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 not trying to present himself differently, but it was when he was alone with God, when God saw him and he saw uh, the angel and he's there and there is transparency there and there's the real Jacob that is there and God is wanting to transition him. But Jacob at the same time was not there against his own will. Jacob was there because he wanted the blessing of God. He wanted something in the future that he did not have in the present. There was a longing of his spirit and so there's this transition that happens as he wrestles with the angel. He wants the blessing of God. He doesn't want the blessings that he can get by his own pursuits. His own pursuits had yielded pretty good results to this point, according to man. He was set up good. He was smart. He was devious. All of this wrapped into one. He was a supplanter, a deceiver. But he was hungry for God. He was hungry. And when he gets alone with God, he, he, he gets a hold of God in a prayer meeting and he won't let him go. He won't let him go. He's determined. He, he doesn't want what life has gotten him to this point. He wants something else. He wants what only God can give to him. And so there's this transition happening to him by the river all night long. And there's something that's going to emerge out of him that only God can put in him. This morning, there, there are those of you that God is calling to a deeper place. But you're expecting that transition to be one that is easy. And, and, the, and the trauma of transition has 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 fooled you the trauma of transition has confused you the trauma of transition has made you scratch your head and saying god this is what i had in mind i didn't see it happening like this i thought it was going to happen differently i thought your will was going to make it easy because you spoke it and you said it was going to happen that there wasn't going to be any bumps in the road there wasn't going to be any misunderstandings there wasn't going to be any hurt feelings there wasn't going to be any struggle in me and my family or or family members or situations i thought it was going to come to pass and it was going to come to pass without any difficulty. I thought your promise was going to happen and it was going to be easy. But Jacob finds himself in this trauma of transition, not knowing if his own brother is about ready to kill him the next day, not knowing if, the, if this blessing of God is going to wind up with, with him in the grave the next day because he had sent his wives and his sons. He had split them up because he says, I don't know if Esau is going to kill me. All of these things are closing in on him. He's feeling the pressure from every direction. He doesn't know if his own children are going to receive a death sentence. If his wife and his belongings are going to be taken because of Esau. But he's hungry and his soul, his soul is hungry for a new place in God. Salvation is free. Salvation is free. All it takes from you is to repent to God, is to do an about face from your sins. Say, God, I turn from it. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. He will give you his spirit on that basis right there, when you, from your heart and out of your mouth, say, God, I'm tired of sin, and I want your promise. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. As you walk on with God, there is, in your pursuit of God, there are some things that are going to have to cause you to get alone with God. Say, God, you can deal with me how you want to deal with me. You can strip away the layers of the outer exterior of my life and get down to who I am. And it's when you get alone with God and settle it with God, that's when the blessing begins to come. 
He had things and stuff. He had, he had, he had cattle. He had sheep. He had goats. He had family. But of course, according to him, he was not blessed of God because he said to him, I, I, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So out of his mouth is the confession that everything I have to this point is not the blessing that I am looking for. Everything I have acquired to now has left me empty. But God, I'm hungry for something more. I'm hungry for another dimension of you that my soul longs for. I have filled the space that you have given me now that has protected me at one point. But I'm ready now to emerge because I'm hungry for something beyond what you have given me now. I'm hungry. Would you lift up your hands right now this morning and just tell the Lord that, God, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. God, I've got to go beyond where I've been. I've got to go to another place with you. God, I'll let you transition me even if it's traumatic. God, I'll let you transition me even if it's difficult. God, I'll let you take me to a new place even if I don't understand everything. Oh, Jesus. Genesis chapter 41, verses number 15 and 16. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. Sorry, I didn't give this to you, Brother Jerry. And I have, and I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Now, I'm not sure, I, I, I don't want to just, in our own, from our culture, read into what was being said at this time. But I, I, you know, I can't imagine standing before a dignitary and instead of saying to them, God will give you an answer of peace, using their name as though I'm talking from, a, from an elevated standpoint. He looks at Pharaoh and says, God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. But before he says this, he says the obvious that took a little while to get it in his spirit. It is not within me. I don't have the ability in myself to do, to, to say what needs to be said, to have the answer that you need. But God has it for you. I'm going to tell you, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you where that realization came to him. It came to him over the process of time after he was thrown in a pit. It came to him at the process of time where he was taken from the pit and sold to Potiphar. And then he was lied on by Potiphar's wife and he was sold into, or he was put in prison and he spent years in prison. And then when he gets to prison and his gifts are activated, his gifts are, are, are ignored for over a year until, until the butler says, oh yeah, there's this guy in prison that is an interpreter of dreams. And he brings, or he brings Joseph out of the prison and he gets him all set up, cleans him up and, and changes his clothes and shaves his face and gets him before Pharaoh and he stands before Pharaoh and Pharaoh says, I hear that you can interpret dreams. And there was something about the trauma of transition from being a little boy to having to go through the trauma of being sold by his brethren, of being abused by his brethren and being sold into slavery by his brother. And that trauma that hurt him and cut him so deep, that trauma that, that set him up to where he was and then being lied on by Potiphar's, by Potiphar's wife, by, by being accused of sexual assault by Potiphar's wife and being thrown in prison and, and bearing the, the weight of, of, of that false accusation and then, and then being forgot about. There was something that was being formed during those years of being forgotten. There was something that was being formed formed in his spirit during those traumatic events. I'll tell you what was being formed. God was getting ready to transition him, to put him in Pharaoh's house, but he first had to understand that it's not within you to save the nation. It is not within your flesh and your ability to bring a word to Pharaoh. You're going to understand that if you're going to be used, it is going to be because you understand where the source truly 
me is. The source is not in my ability. The source is not even in my gifting. But God is the one that sets down and lifts up another. God is the one. He is the vine and I am the branch. Before God elevates me, he's going to make sure that I know that I am not the one that can do it because of my gifting. You've got to understand that that Joseph was gifted. Here's the problem is we see giftings and we go goo goo gaga over all of the giftings and we ooh and ah because somebody's got a gift. But a gift that doesn't have balance will cause somebody to be lost. We'll get into this right now, but when you look at the priest in the Old Testament, when you look at the, at the priestly garments of the Old Testament, at the bottom of the priestly garments, there was two things. There was a bell and there was a pomegranate. And they were placed opposite bell, a pomegranate, a bell, a pomegranate, a bell. A they were opposite all around the robe of the priest. Those bells made a sound. So did a dried pomegranate. If you were to place bells, just bells, it would, it would be clangy. It would be annoying sounding. So there was a pomegranate in between them. Pomegranate doesn't make very much noise. When it's dried out, there's seeds in there. It's very, very, very quiet and muted. So what happened is there's a bell, a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate. What that is in the New Testament, that's a representation of the balance of the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. If there's only gifts, it's a clanging sound that's just annoying, but the, it's the fruit of the Spirit that mutes that sound and brings it into, into completion. You hear the clanging of the bells, but that pomegranate serves as a balance to the noise. Joseph was gifted, but he was a jerk. He was the favorite boy, and he knew it, and he rubbed it in the face of his brothers. God didn't like that. God had a plan for him. But like when Joseph got a dream, hey, I had a dream that the sun, moon, and the stars bowed down to me. And this is the kid wearing the coat of many colors. He's got the favor of his father, and all the brothers know it, and he's ready to tell him. He's ready to tell him. That's what kind of kid Joseph was. He was the favorite. He knows he's the favorite. And he rubs it in their face that he's the favorite. So God said, okay, I'm going to use him. He's gifted. But I've got to take him through the trauma of transition so I can get him ready. So he's going to have to be done wrong. He's going to have to be sold by his brothers. But even though, even though he's got a character flaw, I'm going to use him but I've got to get it out of him. I've got, to, I've got to work on him over time. I've got to put him through the time test. Everything that is worth anything will stand the test of time. Time. Just let, let the Bible says, let patience have her perfect work. Let it have a complete work. Give God time. And he will show you things. And so as he is being rejected by his brethren, sold into slavery, that's just hard for us to even wrap our brain around. The, the kind of emotional trauma that someone would go through, this, being hap this happening to them, and then being falsely accused, and all the things that happen in his life. But there comes a point where there's something in Joseph that breaks. There's something in him that breaks. His gifting, which, 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 which we see flashes of his gifting when he's 16 or 17 years old. But then we don't see his gifting operate until he's in prison years and years later. It's like there's that gifting and then the trauma of transition steps in and it goes dormant. But something happened to him in that prison. He saw a butler and a baker. And he had compassion on them. He wasn't speaking to them from the standpoint of being a know-it-all. You see, Jesus, the Bible says, when he healed the crowds, when he saw the multitudes, he had compassion on them. 
When, when there was healing, when there was miracles, when there was the power of Jesus Christ being displayed, it was not displayed from a better-than-thou standpoint. It was displayed from the standpoint of compassion. So Joseph, there's something that transitions in his life. He, he hears the story, overhears the butler at the baker talking. And his gift is activated. It's been dormant for a while. At least we don't have record of it being on the surface. He begins to talk to them. And we see his humanity flash for a moment when he tells the butler, hey, when you get to Pharaoh, don't forget me. Guess what he does? He forgets him. Until the day that Pharaoh had a dream. And God had been preparing the man through the trauma of transition for that moment and that time where God was going to use him at that specific time. I've got to ask myself, am I willing for God to allow me to go through years of transition and trauma for me to be the vessel he needs me to be at the right place, at the right time, because I have been patient. I've let patience have her perfect work in my life, and I, and I have sought the blessing of God above the blessing that I can produce. Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. I am your vessel. I belong to you. I do not belong to myself. I'll be where you want me to be when you want me to be there. Brother Sanderfield, Jeremiah chapter 18, verse number 1 through 6. There's a trauma of transition at every level that must happen. There's the discomfort of transition that takes place. Jeremiah 18 and 1, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the, hand, in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. It, it says the first time he made it, it was marred in the hands of the potter. That means it was broken and messed up and didn't happen like he wanted it to happen. So he made it again in the, in the, the potter began to make the clay again, another vessel that would be pleasing unto him. If you know anything about pottery, when the, when the clay is not cooperating with the potter, it has to be crushed down again. And, and the potter has to start over again with a lump of clay and this is what the potter had to do. He, the, 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 the clay did not work like he wanted it to work so there had to be some trauma. There had to be a crushing of the clay so the potter could then make it over again. I'm talking this morning to somebody about the trauma of transition. Do not despise the potter when he crushes the clay because he's wanting to start over and make something that would be pleasing in the hand of the potter. Oh, how I have despised the crushing. Oh, how I have despised the waiting. How I have despised the process at times of transition. But God is more interested in quality than he is in quantity. He's more interested in the state of your spirit than he is in what he can quickly get out of you in a moment. Oh, 
It's traumatic. It hurts. It's difficult. But there is a transition that God is wanting to make in your life this morning. He didn't promise it would be easy. He didn't promise it would be comfortable. He didn't promise he, he didn't promise you would understand everything. God knows I certainly have not understood everything. And after after maybe a decade has the Lord even begun to let me in on things about myself. I, I sat around the table months ago, had questions that I had things I had questioned God about for well uh, for for over a decade, for for a long time, for 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 many many years and 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 as I begin to ask questions, the Lord begin to open things to my understanding that, that I did not even know about myself as I begin to ask things about myself. And the Lord began to open my eyes and reveal things about me. And had I known that at the wrong time or had the Lord opened doors at the wrong time, it might have very well would have brought destruction. It would have been the very same thing had a human being reached into a hatchery and begin to help a baby chick emerge the only thing that does a majority of the time is it makes the it makes the situation brittle to where that baby chick can possibly and most likely will be cut and will bleed to death. So there has to be a natural process. There has to be a natural process of the trauma of transition where God has to sit back and watch time go on and watch things that 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 do hurt me at times but that are sent to perfect me. I want the will of God so much in my life that I'll wait for the will of God. I will endure trauma of transition because I want to be what God wants me to be. I want an Isaac. I don't want an Ishmael. Jacob had produced what he could produce. He had wealth. He was filthy rich. He was filthy rich. By our standards, he would have been just driving whatever he wanted to drive, living wherever he wanted to live. He had it. He had it. He was set up. But he was unhappy with what the flesh had produced. And I cannot be fooled by what the flesh produces I must be hungry to know the difference between what the flesh produces and what the promises of God produce Jacob didn't want fleshly blessings he wanted God's blessings he had what the flesh could produce he had what he could obtain through his own business acumen and his own wit, and his, even his own deception. But it left him empty. And so he's left alone. His family's left him. He's all by himself. But when he went through the trauma of transition, his name would be changed, and his walk would be different. Let me tell you, you want to know the secret that God that that nobody bypasses nobody nobody will be blessed by God with the same walk you've always had your prayer life your prayer life how you pray whether or not you want to pray what you desire in relationship with God is directly linked to the next dimension of blessing. God is trying to transition us as a church to say, God, I just want you. I want your blessings. I want, I want you to transition me. If I've got to emerge out of the confinement of where I have been, and you've got to leave me alone to do it. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to separate me from everybody that has been a comfort to me. God, I want to emerge into that new place. 
Lift your hands right now. Lift your voice to the Lord right now. God is speaking so ever softly to somebody today. He's beckoning you today. He's not going to make you. But there's a place that God wants you to emerge. It's only if you desire it, if you want it. But I, but I feel like in the Holy Ghost, there's going to be somebody here today that reaches out with their spirit and grabs it and says, God, I don't want to stay in the, in the realm I've always been. I want to go beyond. I want to go into a new place. Stand with me this morning right now and lift up your hands and lift your voice to the Lord. I want you to gather around me, with me around this altar today if you're, if you're hungry for God today. We have our limitations. We have those surroundings that have limited us. Those things, but it's time. It is time to begin to emerge. It's time for there to be a natural desire within us to say, God, these, this confinement is not okay with me anymore. This confinement here... I've prayed the same way I've prayed for 10 years. I've had the same desire I've had for five years. I've had the same struggle for 10 years. I've, I've, I've been in the same cycle for as long as I can remember. The Lord said to his people in the wilderness, and I don't know the scripture, I can find it. He says to them, you have come past this mountain long enough. You've walked around this mountain long enough. You've been in the same place long enough. Ooh, I feel the angels of the Lord in this place right now. He's beckoning somebody. Oh, that's all he's, he's, he's just throwing out an invitation. Oh, and what a sweet invitation it is because he doesn't always do this everywhere all the time. But there's an invitation of the Spirit for somebody that wants to be, that wants to have a new name, that doesn't want to be Jacob anymore. You want to be Israel. You want to have a new walk. You want to emerge. You want your prayer life to be different than it's ever been before. You want your spiritual life and your commitment to be different than it's ever been before. You want him to talk with you like he's never talked with you before. You want to have relationship with him like he's never had relationship with you before. There's a trauma of transition. And if you're willing to endure the trauma, there's a blessing. There's a new walk. There's a new name. There's a new, there's a new uh, prosperity in him. There's a new blessing from God on your life and on your family. There's a new prosperity of spirit. There's a new prosperity of soul and mind. There's a renewal of your mind and spirit. Would you reach out to him right now? Would you reach out to him right now? Say, God, perfect it in my life. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I'll seek after it. I'll pursue after it. I want you to do it in my life. I want you to do it in my life.
Would you gather me with me right now? Would you lift up your hands unto the Lord together all over this sanctuary this morning? And let's reach out to the Lord in Jesus' name today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss what you've got for me. In the name of Jesus, I lose hunger in the name of Jesus for the things of God. I lose hunger in the name of Jesus for the things of God.
Oh, no.